Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. We are a podcast that dives into the stories of people's lives, everyday people like you and me, or even famous people throughout history. We'll talk about TV shows, movies, books, anything where stories are involved. But it doesn't stop there. We want to get you, the listener, involved as well. So if you have a story, something funny or random that may have happened to you or a friend, send it to the trueandthefictional at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. So until then, strap in. It's story time. Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. Weren't we going to let Chris say the fictional? I don't know. I'm just following the... <laughs> I, am, I am robot. I am following the script. Yes. Given how uh, I didn't know I was meant to say the exactly. fictional, I think that was a good... I think... I do believe Ryan made the correct call to jump ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've been in the business longer than him, kid. So I'm, just... Let's yeah. just... <laughs> I am I am but a humble newbie on this <laughs> journey. So listeners, finally, we, this we have mentioned Mr. Christopher Park on this podcast many, hey. many times in reference to certain stories, and now yep. we have the man. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Welcome. It is good to be here. Good to see you all well, and to do this virtually rather than in person. As, as I always say, the best conversations are had over the internet. <laughs> Well, yeah. if it's not if it's if it's not if it's not COVID, it's floods. So yeah, you know. I hope the locusts and you know the and and the toads are a little bit more you know better for us. Mm. <laughs> for those playing at home, Chris actually was on episode number three. Oh, he was too. Yes, and we are returning. I don't recall that. Remember yes, when we did a whole thing on history? We actually mentioned. Um, what we're going to talk about today when we get to the main topic, um, the emu war. Ah, yes. And we talked about um, Jack Churchill, Mad Jack Churchill, who fought in World War II with a bow and arrow and a broadsword. Still the greatest story I've heard. But I still don't know how that's one of the most amazing tales. And yet, you're right, the fact that there isn't a movie on such such an event does seem a little shocking. And what what's worse is it is so hard there's, there's a book written on him but it is so hard to find you cannot find that book anywhere who all, wrote it I, I i can't remember i wrote it down somewhere um but probably some guy that was related to him I mean, that's probably the issue isn't it probably doesn't probably it's out of print maybe they don't want to encourage people to suddenly pick up the old-fashioned uh style of fighting or he was just insane and then you know well i think he, to... i think he was english but he was very much um inspired or influenced by the scots because he wore a kilt and played bagpipes well then i don't think he's english then isn't it i would no, imagine but... he's then just scottish serving in the british army yeah, but I, I, I remember i don't think he was scottish but i think he just loved scottish stuff I could be wrong, though. If you want to know, go back and we'll listen to episode three. Um, <laughs> but yes, we're going to talk about um, 
my book and Chris's book called Letters from the Emu War. But before we get into that, what do you say, Ryan? Why don't you hit us up with our bad jokes? Yeah, I can do that. Being our 50th episode, I've gone for the baddest of the baddest of the baddest of the baddest. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm trying, I'm, try- I'm going to try and lower the bar as much as I can. It's like what I try and do every single week. Mm. So, um, uh, look, guys, I, I was reading through a, uh, a Lost and Found and, and Gumtree page, and I actually found out uh, I saw a, a sign for a radio that was on sale, $1, but the volume stuck on full. And I thought, geez, I can't turn that down. <laughs> wow. I was. <laughs> and here's one especially for especially for you, Chris, because we all know you're a massive Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that Yoda actually had a last name? I don't know if you if you know that. It was actually Leahy Ho. So Yoda Yoda Leahy Ho. I can't yodel. I can't yodel at all. Um, well, apparently Jamie can. <laughs> I just thought I'd share that with you, seen as you're a seen as you're a um a Star Wars fan. So as I said, I've lowered the bar once again, which I intend to do every single week. Just wait till we get to episode 100. It'll just be there'll just be tumbleweeds, crickets. That is arguably and I've heard some bad dad jokes in my time. I've even told hell, I've even told a few. Those quite like again if there ever was some sort of geneva convention on bad jokes i would imagine that this these would be listed at least in the top 10 of terrible puns that should, that are punishable by some sort of capital crime well i'm lucky that i didn't write them i just read them so they're from the bad dad jokes forum on facebook wonderful but someone had to write them that's the issue isn't it that someone had to either craft them and say, hey, this is a great idea. <laughs> and then enough people has had to basically share them around that it's now a it's now on a Facebook page somewhere where other jokes are freely shared. And to be <laughs> honest with you, they're all about the same quality. Some of them are even worse. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> well, I'm trying to do my part by passing those along to our listeners. And as always, if you do have any dad jokes that you would like to read read out, send an email to the true and the fictional at gmail.com. You got it. Oh. Got it right, finally, after 50 episodes, I've gotten our email address right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, what do you say we move on to the story of the week? This was this is a great one. So um, tell the story, Jamie. Tell the story. Well, this. Okay, so I'll bring up the article and it says, the headline is Woman stuck at blind date's house after swift COVID lockdown in China. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, so this um, woman went viral after sharing what happened to her on a date after a date offered to make her dinner just before thousands were rushed into quarantine. <laughs> Surely there would have been a, a, a little bit of leeway for the poor lady. No, well, China's pretty strict. So. Unless there was someone standing out the front with a gun. With a gun. I mean, I've never been to China. I don't know how <laughs> swift they enforce their rules. Weren't there videos coming out of China where they're actually like, lock, like boarding people's doors up? 
I think in the early stages, potentially, yeah. I remember seeing something along those lines. Is this story, again, is this a true story or is yeah. this something from like, I don't know, this kind of feels like the bad scripting of an OnlyFans video or some sort of like, you know, penthouse <laughs> forum. Dear penthouse, oh, I don't oh, often I write say, in, but... I was, I was gonna, yeah, I don't normally write in, but I had to share. Now, <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought, well, is it the guy himself? Oh no, he's gone to the trouble of making a fake VHS COVID national <laughs> news alert just to get her to stay the night. <laughs> I think that's the better story. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about this, a lonely man after multiple dates has failed and hasn't been able to you know to, to really find that finally finds that someone out of fear of losing it which is just an amazing girl he he realizes if he can concoct a large enough lie that people have to believe it he has now managed to lock up this woman in the same proximity with them for at least several months i mean that's essentially what they do with the bachelor i mean you lock a bunch of you block a bunch of you know 15 to 20 women's in with with one guy it's just, it's just you know over time they'll really they'll assume he's the greatest thing in the universe whether he is or not is is debatable this so, is the same concept this i mean i think that's the better story i think this guy so, is obviously so, a genius so what you're saying is the entire country of china the however many billions of people were in on it no no i'm even i'm going even further he's going further than you know he went to the wet market himself <laughs> and he picked up the bat that he knew would infect the world. <laughs> he ate it in preparation for this date, made the video, which is just himself with a fake drawn on mustache, saying that this is an imminent COVID lockdown. He's infected her with COVID, which essentially makes him patient zero and her patient zero. I don't know. I'm going to go one step there. further. Okay. <laughs> really, this all happened. The center of Chinese disease control called up and it was another guy and he said look i'm gonna level with you i'm trying to score with a really hot chick and he went hey i've got you the message then passed on to the premier of china head of china he went understandable all right no all right hey look we'll go for it and then went to the to united states to trump who went he's trying to score all right we'll, let's run with it and it went around the world to other male leaders until we, they all agree that this man's scoring was of top priority two years later <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't include, obviously, and that's why I think the snap lockdowns are more in force in New Zealand because these guys just didn't call Jacinta no, and say, no, no. Maybe, "Well, maybe they called her and she and she refused and she was like, going, I'm not going to. That's ridiculous. Why are you calling me for this particular thing?" And exactly, it's more plausible. This, this so is the most COVID plausible story I've ever heard. COVID was caused by a man just trying to get laid, <laughs> and other men cool. doing what men do best, which is. Being wingmen to other men they have barely met or known. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> that magic word. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a better story than the article, Jamie, to be honest with you. That's why I didn't read any more. I just read the headline. <laughs> Good, because this story makes sense now. It, it makes <laughs> what, sense now. What What did Barney Stinson say about stories? Um why, why would you let the let the truth get in the way of a good story? <laughs> exactly i mean right i mean right now that kind of thing would be in some sort again the that would be in barneyson's playbook they'd open a page and go what's this like the pandemic come on but jamie does the article say if it worked out or not no it, 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 no, it doesn't tell you what happened in the end. Maybe they have, maybe, maybe they're happily married, or maybe, maybe he just Joseph Fritzled her and locked her in the basement. Well, maybe it's not his first rodeo. 
Maybe. <laughs> one, per, one per lockdown. One per lockdown. <laughs> uh, so like a Zodiac killer, but really taking your time, like just really like... <laughs> yeah, but, but but one that cooks for them as well. So, that, I mean... I'm pretty, no, I'm pretty sure all serial killers do something creepy, like cooks them, makes dolls, <laughs> you know, just does something creepy well, to them, I don't to think, the victim. I mean, it probably depends how he cooks. Because cooking in general isn't creepy. There's there's been, I mean, we don't want to talk too much about serial killers. That's our other podcast. But I I think there's there's a lot of lot of a lot of different techniques or or I I like to call them signature moves of serial killers. You know, they cut off the skin and wear it. They cook them up. They have sex with dead bodies. And you know, this is a very uplifting topic. Absolutely. I mean. Everyone, everyone wants to. Everyone needs to have some sort of signature move of, of, of sorts, and clearly, this guy was the credit pandemic for each of his victims, which is you know. And look, I think I think he's got Jamie because I think we've lost him. No, he's back. I was just looking at a, a smiling picture of Jamie for about thirty seconds without any movement. That's because he's in the mountains. Yeah. Yes. Where he's actually still flooded in and can't. Can't can't get out of the mountains at the moment. No, well, apparently the flood water peaked yesterday. Oh, really? Yesterday. <laughs> so what's that? Three days to go down normally? About three, three or yeah, four three days, or four days. I'd say I'd say three days, but um, hopefully it won't start raining again. Well, it didn't rain. Much. I don't think it rained at all today at our way. It was nice and sunny. I don't think it did. Well, but this is not the weather podcast. Again, that's <laughs> another one of our podcasts. So I think. I think we should get into our main topic for our 50th episode. Oh, absolutely. And I like, call, I, I like and to call how topic, hard it is to predict the weather. Now, <laughs> I like to call this topic self-promotion. Because <laughs> let's face it, why, why have a podcast if you can't use it to sell stuff? Hey, no, we're also celebrating. Yes, we are celebrating as well. Because we... Chris Chris Park and J.A. Bryden have landed a publishing deal mm-hmm. with a publishing company for our hilarious book called Letters from the Emu War. I still think we should have gone with the original name, but I will let you know. That is, <laughs> that is neither here nor there. I don't think it would have been accepted. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely aware of that. I just, but, I understand. Uh, well, maybe Ryan can moderate this this discussion. If he wants to. Um, so does that mean I get to pick a winner? Do, do you want to, you could ask us the five icebreaker questions or just go. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember the icebreaker questions off by oh. heart pretty much by now. Wow, okay. Crap, I wasn't expecting that, but. Um... <laughs> I can do it. All right. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an interviewer now. Mm, professional. <laughs> professional. So, okay, Jamie. Yes. <laughs> am I asking you both or am I just asking Chris? Well, why not? We're Dealer's both- choice. Dealer's choice. Okay. I'm going to ask you both and you're both going to give me an answer, not at the same time because that's not good radio. No. <laughs> Jamie. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's the first question? Naga. If you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be? Uh, I'm going to do the Jillian response and say... I'm not going to say what I want to say because <laughs> it'll get me in trouble. And what I'm just going to go. Hmm? 
What? Just be honest, Jamie. This is our okay. 50th episode. They can't cancel us any more than they could have from any of the previous episodes. <laughs> I'm going to say big government. No, oh, you took mine. Uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, the political alarm is going off. <laughs> but no, look, look, if Chris wants to say that, I'm going to say my childhood dream of ever, if I could get rid of anything in the world as a child, it would be lasagna. Lasagna? Lasagna. Not poverty, not animal cruelty. Not, not no, the- look, I, because I put together these questions, I am going to... It's fun, lighthearted questions, not heavy topics i've never understood your aversion to lasagna yeah. you like you like pasta and meat and sauce yeah. and they go together and make lasagna all is that is literally all lasagna is but for some yeah. reason when they put it mix it in between and cook it at the same time your mind tells you it's bad like again no, my stomach tells me it's bad i've had it five times in my life four out of those five times i've sent it back out into the world from from the way it came in okay fair enough well, that wasn't i, I, I think we have to re- i think we have to test that i don't think i don't think i'm not satisfied that that's a suitable enough answer like <laughs> oh look he, he he he's just he's just gonna float flaunt his hosting thing and just say look i can't think of anything else so, Chris, why don't you elaborate? If you could get rid of one thing in this entire world and you can't say The Last Jedi, what would it be? Damn it. No, because we... Ryan Johnson. We talk about you and your relationship with The Last Jedi. I, 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 I don't wish the man ill will today. It's fine. Um, <laughs> see, I was going to say big government, but that's obviously... That's that's too easy. That's too, sim- that's too, that's too simplistic. Yeah. If I could get rid of one thing in this entire world, and I know this would be damaging to the ecosystem, I'm fully aware of it, and I don't, I don't mind this in particular, but getting rid of spiders overall won't be such a terrible idea. Again, I don't care about spiders. I'm not, I'm not afraid of spiders, but the concept that you hear about, you know, you know, that you eat X number of spiders throughout your entire life. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. We live in Australia where they're going, hey, see those white ones over there with the white butts? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, don't go near them. What happens? You die. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Hey, where do they live? Oh, anywhere you live, that's where they live as well. Again. (laughs) The white tails. The white tails. Like, like, again, I understand that apparently they're important to the system or to the ecosystem. But I'm sure there could be, you know, again, I'm sure if the entire species of, of arachnids die, there'll be other things that can cover for it. Like you so. get on well with Gillian Clare. Yeah, that was her answer, and I supported that fully as well. It's just a weird creature. Like, again, it's just a, a weird creature that you look at and say, what is, why? What is your purpose? I'm, you just I live in my house, and then when you, when you know, when you, you come in, I have to then spend hours trying to find you in case I have to like, because mm-hmm. said you, when you lie down and you, you know there's a spider in your room, you're going, well, I'm going to wake up and eat it, aren't I? Or it's going to crawl across me. Like, <laughs> well, not even that, Chris. It's As you and I both know, we both have animals in our house. Mm-hmm. Like if there's, we, we need to find it because if your dog or my cats get bitten by it, they're gone too. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. a much smaller animal. They can't exactly survive the. You know what? I probably should have led with your small child rather than your dog. I do apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably he's probably more important than than. Although, incidentally, 
he would probably survive a spider bite versus the dog wouldn't because yeah, again, exactly. Yeah. Entire modern medicine is catered towards keeping babies alive, whilst exactly. dogs exact aren't exactly, you know. Well, as the moderator, I'm giving Chris one point for that answer. Oh, and okay. Jamie has zero points for that answer. Oh, okay. Okay, Jamie. Yes. <laughs> What's something on your bucket list? All right. Well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a two parter. Uh, it's okay, fine. One, no, every guest has done it. All yeah, right? but you're not a guest. You're a host. Yes. Well, then I get three. No, look, I one I I'm curious by the Northern Lights. I yeah, want to go see the Northern Lights. That's one thing. Yep, I agree with that. A podcast bucket list. I would want to get every voice actor of Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, not the painter, and get them in one room to have an interview, and get them to talk to each other. Because I think that'd be hilarious. Do you know the correct name for the Northern Lights, Jamie? No, I do. I'm pretty sure Chris would know. Oh, you know, you, you you know this, Jamie. You, Come on, you, Jamie. It's been referenced in pop culture. Oh. I'll give you a hint. It begins with A. Give him another hint involving a specific show that was, oh. you know, that that's that was referenced. In a, um... Are you talking about the old show Northern Exposure? <laughs> <laughs> I know talking. the name. Actually, Northern Exposure was set in the town that can best view this two-word thing beginning with an A and a B. Think about the actor name of uh, David Boreanaz and then (laughs) (laughs) then float around that name. No? Okay, we're going to put... You're going to... It's called... It's the Aurora Borealis. And the show I was referring to was the Great Simpsons episode, ah. where he, where, where the principal was cooking for the superintendent, and he, in the kitchen was on fire, and he said, "What's that? The raw borealis at this time of year, <laughs> this location, and isolated specifically to your kitchen." Yes. <laughs> well, can I see it? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good, very, very good answer, Jamie and Chris. Same question. What's something on your bucket list? Oh, that's honestly, I did not, I did not come prepared for a what's on your bucket list kind of, kind of questions and, and answers. I told that I thought those, I was told that this interview was going to be full of softball answers, you know, yeah. <laughs> but if I suppose I, again, what are the parameters of said bucket list? But something that's on your bucket list, something that you want to do before you die. Okay. I would like I've I've always wanted to go to Disneyland Florida, Disney World Florida. Hmm. Not and, Disneyland uh, in LA? Sorry? Not the Disneyland in LA? No, no, because that's smaller and by 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 considerable like by, by considerable standards. If apparently if you're going to go to one, I've been, I've heard this. If you're going to go to one Disney area, apparently the Orlando Disney World is much larger because again, larger landmass. It's not it's not inside of the city of LA inside a tiny you know area. So apparently it's 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 like larger. There's still apparently like thousands of people, but again, it's always it's something it's always something that you go like, oh yeah, if you're going to go on a holiday, what do you want to do? Yeah, go to Disney World. 
makes sense. You know, I guess it's something that you. Need, I guess something you always want to see once, and yeah. maybe with travel back on the table, it could be something that will actually happen. Hmm. Look, to be to to be honest, that's a great answer. It doesn't have to be. I want to be the legendary director of the your next, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just something that you want to do. You know what I mean? Mine, exactly. That that mine, seems more achievable yeah. than my uh, than some of my other goals, which is to become emperor of the world. Again, that exactly. seems just far more achievable. <laughs> and look, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to announce that on this podcast. No, 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 no. Someone goes, "Hey, I'm going to keep an eye on that Chris Park." <laughs> Who will then become soon to be emperor of the world? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, look, Disneyland's good, man. I like it. All right, Jamie. Yes. Is the question that I will judge you on, as I say to all of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> what is the greatest sitcom of all time? And do I get to part to it with my favorite? Yeah, no. Want to. Now, all our guests say <laughs> he, that. He says it. <laughs> I in, I once interviewed someone who gave us four and then said, no, oh no, and then get, just listed sitcoms. <laughs> That's not the game for me. Scrubs. Well, that, that was kind of a given, yeah. I'll give yeah. you that. But is that the greatest of all time, or is that your favourite? I'd say... Oh. No, nah, yeah, it's the greatest. Okay. But my favourite, and technically, it, it, it's in a sitcom, a sitcom format that's Galavant. Yeah. Okay. So that's an interesting question. Are we talking single camera sitcoms, multiple camera sitcoms? Are we talking and, live studio audience sitcoms? Are we talking... Um, we're just talking yeah. sitcoms. Any or doesn't matter if it's a live audience. All of them. Every sitcom. Mm. The greatest of all time, eh? Yes. So one that stands head and shoulders, pinnacle above the others. Is that correct? Yep. Correct. And this is it's your opinion. So, mm. we, yeah. There have been a lot of great sitcoms. Uh, I, I think there's been, I think there was like an era of great sitcoms at one stage yeah, where everyone right. was trying to make their own sitcoms, you know. People, you could say Friends or you could say Seinfeld. Obviously, can't say Seinfeld because, you know, as, as the fun game is played, add mobile phones into every single Seinfeld scenario and watch it fall to pieces and watch <laughs> it basically. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Friends. There are just a bunch of sociopaths who then bring in people to date. Like again, it's it's just yeah. again. So I guess if I'm if I'm going to talk about the greatest sitcom of all time, I believe I, in my personal humble opinion, that would have to be Whitney by Whitney Cummings that lasted Ooh. two seasons and is arguably one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, in my humble opinion. Interesting. Sharp writing, good characters, funny jokes, completely underrated in my mind. Mm, Whitney, I do know who Whitney Cummings is, but I've never actually seen it. I'm just trying. She to did a two-season sitcom, um, and it was, and, and honestly, it it's still it's still a it still holds up in my mind. Okay. Mm. I might have to check that out, Whitney. So we've I got think it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's I'm pretty, it's called Whitney or something. I'm assuming it's something along with her name. But yeah, yeah she did a sitcom. It check it out, and it it was it's it's hilarious. Excellent. Well, I like that. That's not something, not something that I expected from you. You are right. It is called Whitney. Mm -hmm. It ran from 2011 to 2013, um, starring Whitney Cummings, Chris D'Elia, uh, Rhea Seahorn, and a lot of other people. I don't. I'm not really familiar with. So. I don't think they're that big. I don't think they're that big. Yeah. But the, there was a, there was one joke in it that sold it for me, and it was hilarious. 
and maybe I don't know. I'm not sure if like I remember showing Jamie the episode and like I was like on the almost on the floor laughing and Jamie was there going like I don't get it. <laughs> it's where she's basically trying like that she's trying to I guess quote unquote I guess spice up the relationship. So she dresses as a nurse. But rather than going, but but then she makes her partner fill out insur- long insurance forms, wait in a waiting room, and then like and just and do the full like and do the full like be- levels of bureaucracy in a, in the sexy nurse outfit. And I, I was like cacking myself laughing. I would too. And, That's and, and Jamie's like going, oh, "What's funny about that?" I'm like going, "Come on, Jamie. Come on, man. That's hilarious." Because yeah, I want you to dress up like a sexy nurse, and she does, and then makes him sit in a waiting room. Yeah, and and fill out forms, forms, and it, it was it was you know hilarious. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Not your thing, but yeah, I, I, I honestly don't remember. This is it. not the Turn On Jamie podcast. Apparently, it is. <laughs> That's our other one. Um, well, no, both very very good answers. Okay, the second last one. This will be an interesting one, Jamie. What is your zombie apocalypse plan? Well, stay where I am. <laughs> wow. Okay. Quickest <laughs> answer I've ever heard. I, no, well, I've, 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 you know, I'm, I'm out bush. If things get bad, I just, I'm, I'm actually pretty safe where I am. If, I, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a boring <laughs> event. What a boring plan. I think, well, I think by that plan, you'll die before everyone else does. Really. I don't know if, if the zombie uh, breaks well, It depends it, where it starts. Like, are we talking, exactly does it start in my town? Start. Does it start in my town or does it start? If it starts in North Richmond, I think we, we're like, they might head up the mountain, but then there's zombies too. Are they the fast running zombies from like 28 days later or are they the slow so again, zombies? Jamie's sitting up here going, I'm safe in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Guess what everyone else is thinking? I'm go to the mountains. So they're going to go through the cities. <laughs> they're going to battle each other. They're going to fight and scrap and do things that yeah. they didn't think imaginable when they were still living in a normal, civilized society. So when the, when the group finally make up to the mountains, these hardened warriors and killers with weapons, <laughs> crossbows, explosive devices, Look. Jamie's going to be like, well, I'm safe in the mountains. This is my house. They don't care about the rules, Jamie. Oh, that's They're point. going to kill you and potentially eat your skin. But let's like, come it, on, man. Let's, let's, your put plan? It, let's put it this way. If it starts in the city, I'm going to have a, at least, you know, a little while to prep properly. You didn't mention that. You just said, stay where you are. I'm sorry. What? what where was the prepping plan? <laughs> fine. 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 I have no plan. There. <laughs> yes. That, that's what makes you a dead man. Podcast to turn into an episode of the Joe Rogan show. Come on, guys. <laughs> Everyone has their own plans. Jamie's plan, as flawed as it is, is still a plan. Oh, no. I'm not saying it's not a plan. I just think it's a bad one. And Christopher Park, what is your zombie apocalypse plan? Well, obviously, in my house already, I have three types of swords and a bow and arrow. I also live in a house where you can't, that's on a hill that you can't access without me actually rolling up a a garage door. That means I'm protected. So every night, I'll then venture back into town and hunt and scavenge of food, picking up things of vital importance, finding people that I want to bring back into my, I guess, little like kingdom, and then develop the skills necessary to survive. Then when I come for Jamie's house, I'll be ready. <laughs> I just have one question, Chris. You have this roller door at the front of your house. It just blocks it, blocks it from everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell me what happens when the power goes out. You pull a thing and it's then man then it locks it locks it or unlocks it. Yeah, it does have manual capabilities. Really? Because when did you figure that out? Because I, I I remember quite well that you got trapped out once. 
Yeah, so if you're outside and the power goes off, you're screwed. If you're okay. inside, you then can change the mechanisms. All right. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's, that's fine. Yeah, so power goes out. I will then still be able to lock it, obviously. And then I'll be able to obviously open it. Yeah. But how will you open it when you're on the outside? At that point, when you go out, if you if the thing doesn't prevent it, if people go back inside once it's once I'm out, that's why you leave traps, obviously. So you'll have a doorman or booby traps. Yeah. That's that's the only sensible way to do it, I would imagine. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Both fantastic answers. And we're on for the last <laughs> question. And just so I don't give Chris prep time, I'm going to reverse it and ask him this question first. <laughs> okay, Chris, Elon Musk gets on the phone and he mm -hmm. said, Chris, I, I really like you, dude. I've just invented an electric time machine and I want you to test it out. Where do you go? And what do you do? So I can go back in time to any you can go back or forward. You back can or go forwards. whichever way you want. One back trip. Back or forward, correct? Yeah, one trip. time machine. Is it one trip or can I come back? No, like, yeah, you come back. And I'm assuming we're going to back to the future rules to say that anything like I go back in time, I would like fundamentally change the world Butterfly versus effect, if I go yeah. forward in time. Is that correct? Butterfly effect is in effect. Butterfly effect is in effect. So essentially, if I go back and forward and say, okay, here's what I would do. I'm not an insane person <laughs> that's going to go around and say, if I go back in time, I can end all wars. If I if I if I go back in time and kill Hitler, there'll be no Nazi Germany. No, there'll just be another Nazi Germany. I will go back in time, find the person who invented either the machine gun or tanks, and kill that person. Then jump forward in times. I'm not saying we can ever end war because it's an inhuman's nature to kill each other. What I'm saying is I'm going to try to limit the amount of killing by by limiting higher capacity firearms. And so essentially I could jump back forward in time. Essentially we could be in a revolution situation where everyone's still using swords, <laughs> giving it, giving people a fighting chance on the battlefield. I agree. That, that's, that's noble, but still with a little touch of death. I like it. I'm a realist. Jamie, what would you do? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I wish you, I, I kind of wish we knew we were doing this and I would have prepped. But I've always had this Isn't this idea. Is that the point? Yeah, I've always had right. this idea of going back in time. I got I got to find an, a a time where all the amazing comics came out, and buy first a dish first prints of all of them, and then bring them back. You want to go around about the forties? Yep. So nineteen nineteen thirty six through to nineteen forty. Is when you got Detective Comics twenty one, Action Comics one, yep, uh, Amazing Fantasy fifteen, Spider Man, yeah, round so about that year. That's a more realistic one. When it, that I've heard other people say, like, I'm gonna go back in time and buy like millions and millions of shares in Google, Apple, Amazon, yeah, and then I always ask them, then, so congratulations, you now have so the initial share offering, you've now bought fifty one percent of the company, yeah. Do you know every decision that Bezos made to steer the company to success? Or do you know every decision that Steve Jobs and Wozniak made to steer that company to success? Because yeah. you'll be sitting on the board and making vital decisions as a primary <laughs> shareholder or the, key, or the major shareholder. 
yes. you might turn that you probably will turn that company into a piece of shit so <laughs> back and there'll be no apple there'll be no exactly company. so let's jamie's right of buying something tangible that we yeah. that he knows there's value to sell that makes complete sense and i, I probably i probably would um open a bank account too and just put some oh stuff yeah put 10 bucks in and just watch it build mm. but then you'd have to think about if you go back to the 40s yep and then you come back to 2021 you've got to make sure that you're going to have access to that bank account because you can't just go and go oh i'm 38 here and then yeah this, time, this amount yeah, of but even more so if he puts it in a bank account particularly if it's in america or it depends on which country he puts the bank account in or even Australia, you'll be going through several banking crises and um, yeah, depressions, and so you probably will, might lose all that money that's in there. <laughs> well, it'll be a test. Your idea, Jamie, is good at going back and buying like a yeah, tangible items. Seven. Yeah. Uh, if you bought those three, bought Action Comics one, mm-hmm. Detective Comic twenty seven, and Amazing Fantasy fifteen, you're set. Now, yeah. first the question, the question I would have, and about the the comics specifically. If I buy them then and then take, do I take, uh, I'm assuming Jamie's not going to try to take them back with him at that point. Because if he takes them back with him at that point, they'll look like brand new reprinted comics yeah. where most comic authenticators would say this is a reprint because there's no way it would have looked like this in this condition. So he'd have to buy those comics, research a bank that has a security deposit vault that has a long history of safety and stability from the vaults and no floods, no fires, no accidents, yeah. and store those inside that vault sealed as best he can Bags so then he ordered 100 percent so then he has evidence to say he, that these comments were put in there at this time and he's taking them out this time giving them a trail of nice evidence making his sale then even stronger yeah i agree thanks for the tip <laughs> look, to be honest with you you could bag and board back then because all bagging and boarding is cardboard and plastic yeah. Yep. 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 It's like the comics would probably look a little, yeah, but it'd still be in a decent condition enough that, that he would make a significant amount of money. Yeah. Put it this way: a single page from Amazing Fantasy, one page, sold for sixty nine thousand dollars. Think about all those kids who bought the first kind of Star Wars action figure lines and how they played with them like fools. Mm-hmm. Imagine like again. Yeah. <laughs> The other idea I have is, but I wouldn't be able because you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to talk to yourself, are you? No, that's a big no-no. Okay, can I drop a note to myself? <laughs> but are you going to be theoretically? Would your your future? What do you, so you would go back how many years? I, I would go back to when I was a child. Yeah, leave a note saying, "Do not throw out your or do not get rid of your action figures. <laughs> do not open them." Well, do not open them. Do not. Um... Then you have to go back to an age where you can sort of appreciate, yeah, what that means too. Because if you go and give that to six-year-old Jamie, he's just going to look at it and probably eat the paper. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I'd be old. I'd be twelve or something. Twelve. But still, twelve. Think about what was going through your mind when you were twelve-year-old. Oh no! Look, you just started have... puberty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, but good. Good premise. I, 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 I think that's your best answer out of the five. Going strong to, answer. Strong answer, yeah. But that, that's like, you know, being the smartest, smartest kid at a dumb school or something like that, you know? <laughs> still, still good. Will well, I leave now? <laughs> I don't have to answer those questions at least right now. So 
I've got prep time. Well, when your book comes out, the the um the shopping list. Shopping list, yep. We'll, uh... I told you I'm still working on um front and back cover quotes. Oh, okay. So yeah. I've got a few people interested. Yeah, so I'm just gonna wait on that. But cool. nice segue. Let's talking about books. <laughs> How about we jump into the main topic? Yes, One let's do it. Like to know you guys a little bit. Let's talk about letters from the indie wall. Cool. What do you want to know? <laughs> Tell wow. Us Fan- what, what an amazing seller of ideas and, and <laughs> that Jamie is. Like, no, look, I get it. I get it. Because you both co-wrote it, maybe I should be the interviewer type. So where did you come up with the idea? I, okay. Well, look, um, a mutual friend, or an old friend, um, Andy, if you remember Andy, Chris. Oh, I remember Andy very well. Ah, uh, yes, Andy. <laughs> yes. Um, well, he came back from, he worked at Taronga Zoo and he came, he um, came over one day and he was telling me how much fun he has telling the tourists that Australians declared war on emus and lost. Accurate. I'd never, I'd, I'd never heard that before in my life. I was, I was, you know, like that, that's hilarious. And then I immediately just thought this has to be a movie. So I came up, you know, I, I, Met someone down the road from me who knew, um, used to work in Hollywood, knew people, and he said, you should write a script, we'll make it. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I sat down and wrote a script, and he read it, and then, like, said, let's make it. And I went, what? <laughs> but that sadly fell through, didn't didn't happen. And um, But the idea just stuck with me, and it, it kept coming back to me. And I, I wanted to do it from the emu's perspective, well, there's been a lot of projects, a lot of books written. It to be unique. Yeah. So in my head, the, the whole time, this has to be from the perspective of the emus. And now John Cleese and Rob Schneider are doing a movie, but it's not from the perspective of the emus. Yeah. And um, this had to be um, from the perspective of the emus because it is hilarious. And then I just want one time, um, so about four years after I'd written the script, I sent Chris a message. I, was going, I keep coming back to this this idea yeah what do you think about correspondence written by emus and what did you think about that chris well jamie had a very good idea um and he was basically saying he wanted to basically write like you know a story about sort of you know emus fighting the war and that sort of world war one that era of like basically like you know um you know trench warfare or isolationist where they're sort of like emus are sort of by themselves and like you know they're telling the story of of the everyday life of the emu in, in the war and then I just said to Jamie I said hey you know what would be even more ridiculous and probably more <laughs> hilarious and probably more ridiculous to the point where we probably shouldn't do it and I said and I was like have you seen Ken Burns documentary on the American Civil War and he's like what are you talking about I was like going here's here's a letter Here's a, a snippet of a documentary, and the, the snippet was of obviously a a soldier reading, you know, a letter being read out from the, the soldiers who would send home, and the letters of those eras had a wonderful writing style where it's almost passionless but filled with eloquence. You know, <laughs> they, they all, like, and if you look at all the the letters from of the soldiers going back home, they'd often write things like, you know. You know, like I hope this letter finds you well, and that you that and, and it pleases you to know that I am the same. 
I am remiss to remember that the last time I sent you a letter that my that uh, you, you've told me that our cousin was also joining the war. <laughs> Please send him my best regards. And, and, and it was these beautifully formal things because when you write a letter back then in the war, they would write all over the page, up the side of the thing. They'd flip it over because essentially it's not like sending a text to be like, "Hey, dude, how you feeling? How's, how's, how's it going?" You have to take your time to write it, and it has mm-hmm. to mean something. So, so then it's, it's sent off. So then I said, I said that to James and Drake, saying, hey, "Let's just write it as if they as if they were fighting the, the civil war." And then, <laughs> then Jamie goes, "Oh my god, let's do it!" I said, "All right, here's a bunch of letters that are like dear Martha, and this one's like dear Sarah." And then we read it and just laughed. And then yeah. for some reason, we just kept laughing to the point where we were sending each other letters back, saying, "Hey, here's this one. Oh, hey, here's this one." <laughs> And then it got to the point where we were like saying they also need a religion, okay? And then we, I was like, I wanted to. Then James was like, going, we were pitching ideas for like religions, and I was like, well, you know, it's like Christianish like faith. And I said, yeah, you know, all. I was like, maybe like I, I was like, going, should I like call it the old? And James was like, how about the old feather? They're so going, yeah, no, that works. And then you know that came about. And then other, then from that point, now knowing the constructs of what we were working on, and then no idea was too unridiculous. <laughs> We just decided to go, we just decided to lean into what it could be, which yeah. is, you know, birds fighting a wall and writing back to their loved ones. But obviously these birds are eloquent writers and can obviously <laughs> use pens and, and, and dip, their, <laughs> dip, their, dip their letters in inkwills and then yeah. inscribe letters of grandeur. Yeah. And then obviously Jamie came with the idea of having some pictures and some like news articles and that sort of really spiraled the concept and idea. Yes. Oh, definitely, and, and, and they make the they make the book too. Absolutely, they're 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 key. They're a fundamental or key element, I think, into it. Um, and so yeah, that was that was the idea. Um, we played around with a few the few letters, and then essentially, whilst it is obviously you know we should Jamie sort of told me some of the events that happened in because um, we had to come up with like because you say things in human society, yeah, you know that you can't say in bird society because yeah. the word, so you have to basically we have to figure out like like if you want to say something we'd have like like we want to say use a metaphor we'd have to sort of like change the metaphor yeah. and change the things and then like i was like going i want to refer, reference the land of milk and honey and jamie goes that emus don't eat milk and honey but they do eat um bugs and caterpillars like, what is it, what is it? Um, fruit, and, fruit and caterpillar fruit and caterpillars so it's their hey, favorite so, food so. <laughs> so the land of fruit and caterpillars became a yeah. you know became a became a thing yeah um and then we have also like apparently emus eat pebbles or rocks or something. Yeah, they use they use um, pebbles to grind their food because they they don't have they can't digest their food essentially. Okay. Yeah, so then essentially that then gave us a currency. You know, you like you know pebble you know, put pebbles on the table for your family so they can eat. <laughs> um, then obviously when they're being shot at, uh, Jamie gave, gave us a really good Jamie gave me a really good account of some of the things in terms of what's happening when they're being shot. I was going cool. So then to the emus that look like they'd be spitting pebbles, they're going right. Let's go. Let's go with. Let's go with that. And then it just went from there. Jamie, take over. Yeah, and and we had. Um, I think one of the things I found most enjoyable was changing the names of things. Like, um, humans aren't called humans; they're called short necks because of their short necks. Um, you know. Um, uh, there's a whole um. There's a whole page at the back of the book which is terminology terminology terminologies yeah so, i mean it's there's subtle things like instead of saying first hand they'd say first wing um yeah. you know um chris came up with the idea of um calling any other bird that isn't an emu a cousin 
<laughs> so a um a, a kookaburra is a laughing cousin. <laughs> um, you know, um, I think I put a cassowary in there somewhere, like 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 the angry the angry cousin with the blue fin or something like that. Um, um, there was, and I'll I'll read an excerpt because this is this is probably my favorite thing in the entire entire book. There's a there's a section of journal entries. Yeah. Um, where it's just you know um, I just spend like a full day just spitting out um short journals, and one 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 of our characters um it's probably one of my favorites is William J Whistlebeak. Well, like, William J Whistlebeak. He, he's a scientist. Um, the uh, explorer, the uh, you know, he's there to chronicle. You know, what's the word? Chronicle the the journey. The, the, yeah, the chronicler. Yeah, and so he has an excerpt that's that says. So he basically, the, what's happening is he is meeting with the enemy behind the backs of you know, mm-hmm. the um the commander, um, General R. Longto, um, <laughs> and he's he's worried that. He, General uh, Longto will use his information to, you know, um, win the war, that sort of thing. But he's like, no, I just want to do this for my studies kind of thing. But he writes this article um, or this journal entry. Um, I have been meeting with another short neck regularly. We have begun breaking through the language barrier. Short neck is not a term they understand nor like. The preferred term is Robert. He said this while pointing at himself. (laughs) Despite trying to clarify my own name, he now calls me Emu. (laughs) It is a little condescending, if you ask me. I will work on better ways to communicate and hopefully this Robert will start using a different method other than food. (laughs) Not that I am complaining. (laughs) Nice. So, so yeah, there's there's like, I think there's 10 characters in the whole... um, um there's a few yeah there's a a few characters and then essentially much like eddie's story it was just a bunch of sort of journal entries we sort of had to we also wanted to make sure that there was a narrative that was woven through it yeah so you actually so the the whole thing follows specific characters so it actually tells the story of like the war how it goes then obviously obviously how it ends and then obviously with different uh, with a journal you sort of switch from different perspectives yeah and then you realize certain characters are you know they, 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 how vital they were to the end of it, but all versus you know versus others, and then you know um, because because also we're history. Well, I'm a history nerd, and yeah. we like history. We you know we I looked when we thought when um, we looked at Edward, the sort of I guess the the leader bird. Yeah, we looked at several characters of like of of, of you know of historical note, and we sort of went with a combination of a George Washington <laughs> and a Ulysses S. Grant yeah um, sort of thing in terms of like how he would like speak and how he would feel about his men and or, sorry his his birds and as they're called the mob yeah um and that's when we come with some of the more crazier ideas like um that emus can only count up to 20 even though there's zero there's zero evidence that that's a thing but apparently it became a thing yeah uh, um oh excellent yeah. and then also chris had the amazing um idea of having a squad of outsiders <laughs> helping them on their uh help them fight the good fight so you had a, a tasmanian tiger you had a koala you had uh a red kangaroo 
you know, one of the things, the best, like this, this is what we, this is what we call the kangaroos in the, um, uh, in the book. We call them bouncers. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> now, now, in the in the movie script that I wrote, I had this hilarious scene where these emus were trying to take a look at this ravaged crop, like something bad had happened, and they're all trying to get this look. And there was a kangaroo at the front going, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" <laughs> yeah, so he was like a bouncer, like a bouncer. <laughs> um, yeah. No, nah, so yeah, and it's, it's it, what makes it so ridiculous is this, this is a true story. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I, I recall the time I hadn't heard of it until I met you guys. Yeah. Um, and the when you told me the story first, I'm like, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no way that the emus could have won a war against <laughs> guns and yeah. weapons and stuff. And then you know you look into it, and you, you you go, oh my god, this actually. Yeah, a piece of Australian history that happened. Yeah, and I think um, that just makes it. Yep, we we lost a war to birds. Yeah, I think that I think again, yeah. I, I can't I can't stress that enough that a yeah. branch of the Australian military has a has a loss in their column, and it's against birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think Scott Morrison's sitting there right now, going, "Okay, if Russia come to our shores, I'm so, raiding the zoos, <laughs> yes. arming our birds. It's emu war." Two. Amy Ward two. Reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Reckoning. <laughs> they, beat they, they beat the soldiers. So yeah. Putin well, will never see it coming. Well, apparently, allegedly, oh, well, the quote says from the man that was trying to kill all the emus, the bullet carrying capacity of these birds is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, and then, <laughs> they're like, come at me, bro. <laughs> essentially, Australia's first super soldier. Yeah. They could just bullets just refract, you know. They I just mean stop. the fact that we don't have an emu man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, why, yeah. haven't, why haven't our scientists tried to splice Chris, DNA? Chris, I think we found our second book. Yep, emu man, <laughs> Captain Australia. No, there's already a Captain Australia out there. Damn. He, but he doesn't do much. He just like ah, even better. We'll call him Captain Commonwealth, and we're basically, <laughs> basically, we're going to tell we're going to tell the tale of you know of of, of the Australia's war efforts against the Germany in, in in Africa, but but rather than you know sending a normal soldier, they'll they'll splice in some emu DNA into Captain Commonwealth, <laughs> and you know give him emu powers, and he even follows that that comic book trait of having the two letters that are the same, Captain Commonwealth. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh man, no, it's, it's a fantastic read, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. Uh, I bought it like five times. At the end, I think I worked it out. I I ended up with two hard copies and three Kindle copies. Don't know how that happened, but it happened. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great book. It really yeah. is. But so it 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 does follow the the timeline like to it. Like I the amount of research I had put into this, so I basically mapped it out. I went so. Um, it was a drought. They moved out west in um, search of food. So that's one section. Then there's then there's the war. Then there's the home front where the, the people back home uh, sending all war stories have a home front, obviously. Of course. Then they have Chris's hilarious short chapter of um, uh, orders from the command. <laughs> I'm then... not saying the government is stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the EMU government. Um, <laughs> and then we have we have the cl- every every historical book 
has to have a what happened to them. Where of are they course. now? Like, every, like every historical movie based on a true story, you know, you have the stills of the real person and what happened yeah. to them. And yeah, you have to have that if you're writing about history. That's that's in there. Yeah. So yeah, look, this this version of our current version of the book is a um it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's, it's pretty much everywhere it's available, but um grab it while you can because there's gonna be a new updated version coming out in about a year, probably. Mm-hmm. And this time, me and Chris, we had to do the things that we talked about doing um, and stick it all in there. So, okay. So you've, you've told us about the book. You've told us where it's, where you can buy it. The next question is, what's next for J.A. Bryden and Christopher Park? <gasps> if, you're, if, you're, if you're able to, I know you signed to a publishing deal now. If you're yeah. able to talk about anything, what's next? Well, yeah, well, I, I don't know what I'm doing with it yet, but I have I've started working on a, a um turning a trilogy of movies I once wrote into novelettes, essentially, you know, short twenty-five thousand words. Um so my first one was inspired by Chris Chris Park, sorry. I'll beep it out. Get it get it going. Yeah, so so many many moons ago, probably almost ten years now, we threw a medieval themed Bucks party for Chris. And I came. I think we all came up with a crazy idea. What, what would happen if the zombie apocalypse broke out at a medieval themed Bucks party? So that idea stuck with me. I wrote a movie about it, but I took it to an extreme, like of like what I would have wanted to do, minus the zombies. Although Chris, <laughs> may, Chris, Chris may have been into that. Um, you know, like next level. Everyone's in proper armor. Um, proper weaponry all around plenty of um drunk people just like <laughs> drunk people yeah um yeah so i just i wrote a story about uh, zombie apocalypse breaking out at a medieval themed bucks party and uh chris has read it and he says it's okay so it must be i've read it. it i like it um one of our uh, uh guests roly ryan is reading it at the moment roly mm, <laughs> yeah well i need a woman's perspective she was an amazing guest a really really nice girl which is exactly what jamie needs <laughs> are, are you getting away with the fact that you're gay and you can just say anything you want yeah right okay yeah as i said it's all a hoax just so i can say whatever the hell i want to say oh okay get in cool. trouble for it yeah <laughs> but that's what i'm working on i'm planning to do a trilogy where it all ties together but um now it's up to Chris if he wants to reveal what he is working and on. And there's no pressure, no pressure. Well, I always absolutely, ask absolutely. So obviously I'll be working with Sir J.A. Bryden <laughs> on once he's created his masterwork of, of the first uh, zombie book, I'll be producing the audible version of said oh. book uh, and we and I will be voicing it with uh, character voices, accents, and putting a lot of effort into the audible version of this book. <laughs> and I don't As, know how you're going to do that, Chris, because you're not very good at doing that at all. I know there's you know so, zero voice talent whatsoever. No, no. Look, I just <laughs> wouldn't hold an accent. 
absolutely. <laughs> Not at all something I'm capable of. But <laughs> anyway, I do believe it will be one of my finer pieces of theatre or material that I'll be creating. And from that, um, there, we, we, there is obviously, obviously another project that we're currently working on. Um, we, I'm about, so uh, we are branching away from, we're branching, we're expanding our horizons going from a hilarious book of emus. Uh, we have a children's book in the work, um, oh. which is honestly one of the, like, it's something that, you know, it's a book that I wanted to write for my own son something that he could enjoy and read and teaches him valuable lessons about libertarianism and how the <laughs> government is stupid. Uh, and, and, and there wasn't enough, there was no books, there was no books of that nature that, that, that really suited my needs. So, so we've created, what we're going to do with that one, we're still a bit, we're still, again, yeah. I believe we probably should send it to the publisher just, just <laughs> as a, just, again, I think we should do it just a submission, just to see what happens. Yeah. Um, but if not, then well, obviously we'll probably self-publish it because it's too hilarious not to. Yep. But then we're, but also then Jamie and I are working on a, a full-length novel um, of a fantasy sci-fi genre, something that is near and dear to our heart, um, mm -hmm. and something that you know we've discussed it multiple times. Our love for you know all things hero's journey and of that nature, and, and so we're working on that at the moment. Yep. Um, Still doing the first draft about halfway through, um, and then but then obviously that's just the first process of it. Still not sure what we'll do with whether we're going to be uh, whether we give it whether Jamie gives it to the publisher or whether we self publish. Yeah. Still deciding that way, and but either way, um, plan would be again to also do an audible version of that book, but this time with full music scoring backgrounds and sound effects. Yeah. Rather more of an audio drama than a book, I'd say. Yeah. When and you can always go down the route of. Okay, this is what we're going to write for the publisher, and this mm. is what we're going to write for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like Correct. The project you're talking about, and you know, it's, it is near and dear to both your hearts, and you know, you don't. That that could be something that you know what you, that you keep and you, you use the publisher for other books, build it up, and then you can release this on your own. Absolutely, you know, well, still, 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 still uh, be decided. Um, lots of work to sort of go into that project. Yeah, but the, the obviously the first thing, obviously from Outside of things, obviously, first draft, first drafts of um, the zombie book are almost done. So very shortly, I would imagine that Jamie will be able to start handing me chapters, so I can start um, putting, basically, putting them into audible form, yep. um, and then basically getting his approval on characters in terms of their voices, because I think Jamie has a list of. Um, Jamie had a potential list of characters that needed different voices and different accents, <laughs> and so we've been working on it. If it's a little bit the Ukrainian, it's a little bit easier for me to do. But we're still sort of working on, you know, what voices we want to do. Yep. So essentially, we're still, um, essentially, that's part of the process, which is yep. essentially Jamie has to finish, the, get, get his sort of drafts ready so then I can start recording yep. and start uh, digitalizing it into voice. Very exciting. Sounds like a lot is happening right it now. Is. So very exciting times. Let's just hope that the, this is the year that uh, everything starts moving along which it already has absolutely mm -hmm. and, and and as obviously look as you know as we've been discussing and as we've been going through um i believe you know there's further things to do on your um you know you, you guys have a normal like a sort of standard um flow 
but I was promised I was going to that that Jamie was going to give us in his in depth review of the Last Jedi again. I thought that was, I thought that was definitely like something that he was going to um oh, okay. you know I thought I thought I thought I thought that was going to be discussed in in great depth how you know a movie that fails not only as a science fiction movie but as also as a Star Wars franchise movie but also as a sequel movie that that you know would leave, that leaves zero jumping off points for a trilogy. I don't know. I thought that was going to be something that he was well, going I to. I think I think um. I pretty much said that last week. Anyway, there, there's this po- political oh, he, he, political talk. Is it Dave Rubin? Uh, you heard of Dave Rubin? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Well, he's he's some talk talk show guy. He's like I, I don't know where he stands politically, but he was. I heard him once say, um, "Last Jedi is one of the worst movies ever made," and it was really clear that Ryan Johnson doesn't like Star Wars. I mean, that sums it up. And my my view on it is my mum used to say if you can't find something nice to say about something don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's as simple as I can make it. Is that why I cannot, I've tried twice to make it through that movie and I cannot. Is that why you say the last Jedi is a movie? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I've seen that movie. Again, I saw it four times at the cinemas. I wanted to like it. I I I was forcing myself tooth and nail <laughs> In the last few sessions, to grit and just bear to bear to bear through it. Yeah, but alas, it again. I, and I and I think there'd be like again, compliment sandwich. I think that's always good to have a compliment sandwich of things. Yeah. But is that possible? Yes, that movie is a visually spectacular film. The cinematography, the scene, certain scenes in terms of the setup and design, um, certain uh, even even the music and scoring um, the, and sound effects are absolutely top shelf phenomenal. It's not just not a Star Wars movie, is you know, it's like, you know, that's you know. So all that aside, if this was, if this movie. Let's say they removed the Force, the Jedi, the First Order. They renamed everything and threw it into something else and put this out as a standalone. It would be a sensational quasi, I guess you'd call it sci-fi, but it wasn't really sci-fi, you know, kind of film. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of debates on whether people, um, whether Star Wars actually is a science fiction film. I actually would. I'm actually on the opinion no. Um, yeah. A lot of like, yeah, journey. A science fiction film. If you look at a lot of what sci-fi is worth is you know people who like Star Trek and other sci-fi. Sci-fi is very technical in terms of how it's written. You got you know they talk about certain. Uh, it gives you explanations on how certain things work. Star Wars is doesn't do any of that. It's more fantasy where it's like this is magic. How does magic work? Shut up! It's magic. <laughs> um, you know, and it moves the story along in that, yeah. that sort of regards. While sci-fi is more introspective and deep thinking, and you, and you have that those you know you know Blade Runner for example, sci-fi. Yeah. Star Trek, you know, sci-fi. Yeah. This is more of a, you know, it's a space fantasy. I'd say, uh, probably probably classified uh, classified as. Um, but then, essentially, in that movie, in in this Last Jedi, you see, you have a, a ship running out of fuel, which was never mentioned in any single Star Wars movie ever because it wasn't really important, and that just seemed, yeah. it's not it's not that's not something that happens in Star Wars. You don't <laughs> they don't talk about the fuel the same way. We don't talk about actors not going to the toilet on cinema. It's yeah, just exactly. not, it's just not done. <laughs> No, I agree. I, and look, we don't want to get too much into it because we both know that you could probably do an audio book on what's wrong with Star Wars, The Last Jedi. But um, look, and as I said last week, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And my my opinion is it's a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like, 
there there are a lot of people that like that film great really? um i have i have a very controversial opinion as well where i believe that revenge of the sith was one of the better star wars films yeah, in the entire, uh, entire the entire trilogy yeah. and the final lightsaber battle between anakin and obi-wan was actually one of the most emotionally charged scenes yeah. of star wars yeah. where it was the r- brute force and ability of Anakin versus the defensive principles of the Jedi of an experience of everyone. And people say like, oh, what does the high ground mean? What does that actually mean? Is it going, he knew Anakin. He taunted him. Mm-hmm. He threw out a taunt that was obvious that he knew exactly what was going to happen. That's why he said, don't do it because he knew exactly what Anakin was going to do because as soon as he said, I have the high ground, it wasn't because he had magically on the high ground. It's because he knew that his student was arrogant any student would try something flashy and arrogant. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Again, that's again. I, most people say, you know, I'm. People say, you know, are you a original trees fan or a sequel fan? I think, or, or original. Or, why or do we have to they're, they're, they're all they're all Star Wars. They're all it's, it's all good. Yeah. I like some movies better than the uh, than others. Last year, it happens to be at the very end of the ones you know of, of that of that of that movies. Look and and why why do we have to be prequelists or why do we have to be? No, absolutely. I I enjoyed Rise of the Skywalker, the last one, because I felt like it made up for a lot of. I I, th- I, I believe you know I I'd like to see sort of a Snyder cut of that movie yeah. actually, where where they give us a four or five hours of like four like three episodes. Come on, Disney Plus, three episodes. Four or five hours. Come on, let's just you know, this is really because because they, they had to squeeze in a, a sequel and a, and the third movie into a single film. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's yeah. spread well, it out I mean, a bit. I've watched, I've watched the Snyder cut of Justice League multiple times. The four hour runtime doesn't faze me. Beautiful. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. Look, that's that's going to wrap up the main segment mm-hmm. we talk about here on our fiftieth episode. It's probably going to be a little bit longer, but that's oh yeah, that's what fifty. That's what fifty episodes are for. Yes. But now we might wrap it up with our segments. What's the next segment, Jamie? Ryan's recommendation. Oh, so we're doing it the right way finally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so right what way. you might not understand is um, that Jamie always puts this segment after the main segment, but then all never do, we never do it that way. <laughs> Jamie says, oh, the next segment is something for, about him and stuff like that. Even though I can see on the run sheet, it actually says... That order, and I'm very perceived. Really look at it. So yeah, but take, take it away. Take it away. Uh, look, this is going to be really quick because I know we're running over time. This is a a, a movie I watched. It came out a while ago. I actually rewatched it today, and it really impressed me again. And and you guys have all seen it. Most of the people watching have probably seen it. And that's Pacific Rim. I decided mm-hmm. to give it another watch um, today, this morning. And look, it's a, I only have one qualm with the whole movie. And that is, if you're going to have Australians, please get Australian actors. These guys did the worst Australian accents. It sounded more Kiwi than... And ironically, the American did a better Australian accent than the yeah. Englishman. <laughs> but, I mean, look, this movie, I watched it again. It's probably been about five years since I watched it. Um, yeah. oh, still holds up. Idris Elba, Charlie Hunnam, you know, absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Um I'm going to watch the sequel tomorrow. I don't remember many fond things about the sequel, but I will watch it again because I remember last the, the only time I watched it, I was in a lot of pain with a tooth infection. So I'm going to give it a go. Uh, but no, Pacific Rim, it's on for you guys in Australia. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, sorry, it's on uh, Paramount Plus. 
and uh, Netflix, I think, as well. And in the States, like I always say, do your own research and find out where it is. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine it's on various platforms. So, yeah. I, yeah, so I agree, I agree, 100% agree with you, Ryan. I think that's a fantastic yeah. film. I think they made some small errors, which are, you know, um, which again, like I understand, I, I sort of understand why they did it. Or I also, I'm, I, I'm completely baffled of why they made certain decisions. For example, how is the female character not the principal character in the story? The one where she, you know, she was there, you know, she was a, you know, she was taken in by um, Pentagon, trained yes. through there. She she wants to be a pilot. He refuses to be the pilot. That sounds like the main character to me. And then the, the Charlie Hunnam is that the actor's name? Yeah, name? Charlie Hunnam. Look, I think he, he's the main. He he was the main character, and I guess it's because you know he's you know he's a, uh, a, a as a as a white. I don't know, a white principal actor, but let me let me let me pull out the Asian card. I don't, I don't often do this, <laughs> but if you're going to make an anime mech movie, and your principal actor or lead character isn't of Asians at all, Japanese, and she's the side character, you've done something significantly wrong in your planning. <laughs> Look, to be honest with you, they both had they both had um, arcs. Hers was the hero's journey arc. Hers was better. Um, yeah, it be was. No, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Redemption because he you know he failed his brother died because they weren't you know and hers is the hero's journey and and we all know that the hero's journey arc should always come first absolutely it's a stronger Uh, much stronger arc much stronger story so yeah but anyway i still really enjoyed no no it's a Um, great film yeah Um, the 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 set pieces in that one are you know they're incredible definitely um have you, have you heard any of like uh, they also export a whole bunch of like comics and other things and you know those yeah look there's an animated like, uh... series too called uh, I can't remember what it's called but it's on Netflix they did an animated series of one only went one series an anime series of um, of uh, Pacific Rim as well I haven't checked that out so I might but um, that's there too but yeah Pacific Rim good movie check it out if you're looking for something you want something a bit you know comicy sci-fi ish check it out. And now it's time for my favourite segment of the, of the episode. <laughs> this is a segment, Chris, where Jamie reads us out an email from his spam folder. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised. It's actually a lot. How much yeah. porn versus Viagra does he get? No, look, he, oh. won't, he won't read those ones out. It's always I'm late. sorry, then he's not reading an accurate representation of his spam folder. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I'm I sorry will. Jamie. If you, when this if is you're over. not reading about Viagra or about girls who want to meet you or about he any of those things. girls that want to meet him and men okay. that want to meet him too. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Jamie. Read your segment. I will send you guys a screenshot of my folder to verify that there is no Viagra. In <laughs> Jamie, we don't have time and, and for that. that. And that, that's not that's not because I've moved it to my main folder. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course it does. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Jamie we, we don't have time for that. We're just going to make our own assumptions. So please. Absolutely. We'll email. Okay. okay. Well, this one comes from Mrs. Aisha L. Qaddafi. Oh, Qaddafi, Colonel Qaddafi's daughter. Yeah, excellent. Dear friend, friend. I, came, I came across your email contact prior to a private search while in need of your assistance. Ooh. I am Aisha Al Qaddafi, the only biological daughter of former president of Libya, Colonel. Oh my God, I called it. Beautiful. <laughs> I called it. I continue, continue reading. I'm a single mother and a widow oh. with three oh. children. Uh, I have investment funds oh, worth twenty-seven million five hundred thousand United States 
dollars. United State dollars, excellent. And I needed a trusted investment manager slash partner because mm. of my current refugee status. Mm, yeah. However, I am interested in you for investment project assistance in your country. Ooh. Maybe from there. That's weird. We can build business relationship in the nearest future. Business relationship or business and relationship? No, this a, sounds like the start of every romantic comedy ever. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just calling it now. I've seen, like, I've seen several Sex in the City episodes that start like this. Seriously. Sleepers in Seattle can go suck it. This is, this is the real romance. <laughs> I am willing to negotiate an investment slash business profit sharing ratio with, your, with you based on the future investment earning profits. Okay. Your mm-hmm. urgent reply will be appreciated. Best Ooh. regards. Colonel Gaddafi's daughter. Yeah. Well, now he was Colonel Gaddafi. Was he, he? He he doesn't take too kindly to people who don't see his or I'm guessing his daughter's way. So, mate, I'd be responding to that before you get a whole bunch of um, Libyan soldiers. I'm pretty here. sure he's dead. Like, I'm pretty sure they executed him. I could. Yeah, but I'm, she probably she's probably taken over the regime. Maybe this is how she's getting she's getting her troops into Australia for the invasion. Yeah, now. But- the fact that it's United States dollars, United States dollars, is an indication of the power. Yeah. It's the power of one state over many. So clearly it's a stronger, <laughs> a stronger currency she's talking about there. So yeah. absolutely. And Jamie, look, you'd be foolish not to business too. She's not yeah, saying absolutely. I want to love to make you or something like that. Like she's she's business. She's all business. No promises of hey, we'll see how this goes. And but we, but we know where it's going to go. go. I mean, we we know it's gonna, you know. She put you in the friend zone straight away with dear friend. Yeah. Like if this is a movie, he like if this is a movie, it's clear that like this girl will be played by Meg Ryan and Jamie will be played by either Tom Hanks or Billy Crystal. We know this movie. We've seen this movie. <laughs> yep. Yep. And look, Jamie, what 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 did your response say? You know this. I don't reply. Look, how do you think how are you going to get 47 million United State dollar if you don't <laughs> reply to some of these emails. You had um, an email from John Kennedy last week, for God's sake. You've got to take a chance. <laughs> I mean, Chris, with a name like John Kennedy. Oh, it's Kennedy. You, I you, mean, seriously. You reply to a Kennedy. That's exactly. just a rule. But no, look, I understand. You don't want to risk it. You know, you, you want to... You, this could be the new book. The love between you and whatever the hell her name was, Gaddafi. <laughs> yeah. This yep. could be Bridget Jones's Diary 7 or whatever the hell they're up to. But look, that was another fantastic. I, I'm looking, Warren E. Buffett would be proud. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, no, we should modernize the actors. She should, she should be played by Jennifer Lawrence, I would imagine. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, Jamie would be, then be played by Chris Pratt. Jamie look like? Not Chris Pratt. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> bit of a, bit wow. of a weird age. Maybe oh, one of the Harry, uh, Harry Styles, one of those Ooh. One Direction kids. Would they be sorts. willing to shave their head? Probably. Yeah. This is, this, this is going to be the next money big truck up. You've now got 27 million US state dollar. So exactly. you can back the money truck up. Exactly. So as, as usual, another fantastic email from the pages of Jamie A. Bryden. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, one came from our um, stories the true and the fiction. We're starting to get stories the true and the fictional spam mail now. Really? Yeah. That's how you know we've made it. We've got our first hate mail, and we've got spam Warren E. Buffett, yeah. John Kennedy emails to our email address. 
I think 50 episodes was was great to announce that um, Jamie is now married to the Libyan princess. <laughs> Which is funny because like 10 minutes ago, you're trying to set me up with an Indian Bollywood actress. But, I, no, no, no. That's not trying. That will happen, my friend. <laughs> I believe that this one is a stronger candidate because she has like... She has 27 million US, US United like, States dollar. United States um, dollar. No, look, I think I think his personality with Rowley Ro would would go better, or Red Bubblefish, or whatever. <laughs> no, Red, we have a user that thinks Jamie is cute on our YouTube channel, named uh, what is it, Red Rubberfish? Don't pretend Media? like you don't know. No, I just remember Rubberfish Media. I think Rubberfish Media commented saying, "I'm interesting, and Jamie is cute." <laughs> Oh, I mean, I should barking up. Oh, damn! I'd be, I'd be more disappointed if it was a he, and he says I'm interesting, and Jamie's cute. Oh man, yeah, that's a kick to the that's a kick to the region. I'm, I'm happy to be the smart one, and Jamie can be the one that look just looks good. Yeah, I mean, imagine like, oh, what a brutal kick. Oh well, you know, it's it's the way once once you make it big, you start you have to be able to take these criticism. Quite well. And, you know, Warren E. Buffett <laughs> is my man. So, yeah. <laughs> but I think this has been a great episode. As I said, it's probably gone a bit longer. So if you've been watching, thank you very much for sticking with us. We hope yeah. you've enjoyed it. these 50 episodes and the new projects we're working on. Uh, I've got something in the pipeline myself that's going to be coming out soon. Um, we've got some more interview schedule, haven't we, Jamie? Yeah, we do. Um well, next week, Joe Weaver's episode drops. Yep, Joe Weaver. He was very interesting to talk to. The week and the week after that, I believe it should be hopefully Wade. Wade, yeah, Wade Simmons. I still we had some issues with that recording, and yep. I've got a friend friend fixing trying to fix the audio for us. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on. Pleasure as always. Talk about your 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 budding author credits and your future Audible credits as well. Indeed. Uh, make sure you buy the book now, Jamie. Have you got a copy within reach? Um, no, I don't. Sorry. Oh my God, what kind of publisher, are you? Christopher? Well, do you it's going to come up on the screen, so yes. don't worry. You're going to put it on the screen. Okay. And then he's then he's also going to the, then and promote the shit the 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 living hell out of his next book and yep. then to make sure that you buy the audible version for the best experience. Yes. And well, um, this way, I could have gotten all of this for free, but I spent one, I spent 27 United States million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely worth it. And, and uh, in all seriousness, Chris is probably one of the best voice actors I've heard, like been doing so many Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and stuff. So it's going to, it's going to leave you, leave you wetting yourself with excitement of laughter. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Um, Buy us a coffee. Yep. Uh, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash STTATF and you can support us that way. And um, yeah, well, thank you for sticking around for 50 episodes and we will see you next time. See you next time. Adios. Adios.